hospitals are going to have different sorts of complications. And if you're a hospital which has none of the government-endorsed hospital-acquired complications, you might say, yeah, we're perfect, we don't have to worry. But on the other hand, you might have a lot of other complications. And so what we're saying, if you focus on all complications, it means all hospitals have some, somewhere to improve. Welcome to the Grattan Institute podcast channel. This is a discussion of one of Grattan's reports. Today we're discussing hospital safety. One in every nine patients who go into hospital in Australia suffers a complication, and if they stay in overnight, that figure rises to a concerning one in four. A patient's risk of developing a complication varies dramatically depending on which hospital they go to. In some cases, the additional risk of a complication at the worst performing hospitals can be four times higher than that of the best performers. Yet, if all hospitals lifted their safety performance to the level of the best 10% of Australian hospitals, the complication rate across the nation would fall by more than a quarter. Grattan's most recent health report, All Complications Should Count, Using Our Data to Make Hospitals Safer, exposes the flaws in Australian hospitals' safety and quality monitoring regime, and recommends simple reforms that could ensure an extra 250,000 patients leave hospital each year free of complications. Joining me on the podcast today to talk through the findings of this report and what recommendations it makes is Health Program Director and co-author Stephen Duckett. Welcome, Stephen. Thanks, Megan. Stephen, I touched on the numbers in my introduction, but can you tell us just how big of a problem are complications in Australian hospitals and what exactly are we talking about when we say complications? So a complication can vary from a patient having nausea and vomiting, a patient having delirium, a patient falling out of bed and breaking their hip, uh, to a patient having a nick during surgery. So there's a, a huge range of complications. The point of this is all the complications we have in our data set, all of the complications that are recorded have actually been treated by the hospital and sometimes change the course of the, uh, the, the patient's length of stay. And obviously all of them cause discomfort or pain uh, for the patient. Mm. And uh, is, it, is it a big problem? What are we looking at as, in terms of the size of problem in Australia? So ab about 11% uh, of all patients who go into hospital have something go wrong or some additional complication that occurs during that, during that admission. Uh, for uh, same-day patients, it's a very, very small uh, proportion, only about... Uh, uh, two or three percent have a, a complication if you're a same-day patient, but if you're an overnight patient, the, it rises to more than twenty-five percent. More than one in every four overnight patients has an additional comp additional diagnosis recorded during their stay. Right, and I understand that there's been a shift in the focus of the way we look at hospital safety. Um, can you talk us through what's changed? So what's what's happened? There's been there's been a sort of a paradigm shift over the last 20 or so years. So in, in the olden days, we used to say it's all about mistakes. Doctors have made a mistake. Let's focus on these individual complications that happened and worry about them to, you know, to, to the nth degree. We, we investigate them into in, in, in enormous detail. We fill in incident reports. We send off those reports and so on and so forth. But it's a focus on the individual incident that it that is the, the focus. And sometimes that focus carries over today in terms of incident reporting systems and in terms of how we report nationally on so-called sentinel events. And, and that sort of incident focus uh, 
has focused has has been associated with a with a, a search for blame. You know, something has gone wrong. Someone has made a mistake, uh, and it it hasn't stepped back and said, "Let's look at the overall pattern of what's happening in hospitals. Let's look at what we might call the epidemiology of patient safety, rather than focusing on individual events." Whereas now we realise that it's not an individual doctor who is making a mistake, it's not an individual nurse who makes an error in uh, drug administration, but rather there are a whole set of factors that usually contribute to a complication occurring, so-called system factors, and it might mean that the staff are overworked, it might mean that there are too many rules that they have to abide by, it might mean uh, there's poor handwriting. So there are a whole host of factors which which, if we're going to address them, means we have to look at the system and look at what's causing all those complications. And over the last five, 10 years, we've developed the tools to be able to say, can we capture an overall picture about what's happening? So if we're concerned about the system level, if we're concerned about overall modeling and, and monitoring, why don't we focus on all of the complications and why don't we look at the patterns of them? And what we then start to say is some places are doing better and some places are doing worse. Can we learn from the places which are better and transfer for the knowledge they have, the practices they have, the processes they have, so the, the patients, the, the, the hospitals and so on which are doing worse can lift their game to the, to the better hospitals. Given the shift in thinking that we've had, have we seen the changes we should have here in Australia? Well, when we look at the data, there's two things we can say. First, we've got data for three years, uh, going 2012-13, 2013-14 and 2014-15. And over those three years, we can't see any change. The, the, the rate looks flat. It, it's about 11% of all admissions. It bobs up a bit during January, the so-called January effect. Uh, but by and large, the rate is pretty, pretty stable. And so over the last few years, we haven't seen much change. The issue is over the last couple of decades, we just don't have the data. There hasn't been longitudinal study of, com of complications over the last 20 years to be able to measure it. I sus but internationally, where they have done this, they've basically found no change has happened over the last uh, couple of decades, despite the, the lot of talk that's been going on and to a lesser extent, the lot of action that's been going on. <laughs> Now, the report suggests that Australia needs to set more ambitious hospital safety targets. Um, what are the three key measures of unsafe care, first of all? So basically, the, uh, the safety can be measured in a number of ways. The, the first way that people think about it is if something terribly, terribly goes wrong. Uh, it might be uh, the, uh, a, an operation on the wrong leg, for example, you know, they, they, they chop off the wrong leg or they, they do the wrong operation on the wrong leg. These things are very rare. Mm. They're, they're sometimes called never events because they should never occur because there's ways of stopping them in many cases. Um, it, I think that's an inappropriate uh, description because they do occur, obviously. Um, and so we end up with uh, 20, 30 years ago, we developed this so-called list of sentinel uh, 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 events. It's a very short list and it hasn't changed very much in Australia. In the United States, for example, where the list originally came from, it's now twice twice as many things 
on the on that on that so-called sentinel events list. Wow. They call it serious reportal events. Anyway, there's less than a hundred or so of those occur a year. Very rare, uh, tragic in many circumstances, and uh, they they should we should try and get rid of all of them. Hmm. But it's very very rare. The second uh, type of uh, way of measuring uh, hospital safety and adverse events uh, has been approved by the minister, health ministers and governments. And this is a list called the so-called Hospital Acquired Complications List. And this is a list of uh, a number of uh, complications which uh, governments have said are preventable. Um, the clinicians who are actually involved in the development of the list said, yeah, maybe it's not so preventable after all, but, you know, but so there's a bit of a disjunction there. Mm. And this, this is a list of hospital-acquired complications. This occurs in about 2% of all, of all complications, uh, sorry, of all hospital admissions, uh, about uh, 5% of all multi-day, overnight stays. Uh, so it's still relatively infrequent, uh, but it's a, an endorsed uh, national list. The third approach is to look at all complications. Just has there been an additional diagnosis that occurred during the course of a hospital admission? Uh, did someone make a diagnosis and say, look, that person has nausea and they didn't have it when they came in here, or that patient uh, fell out of bed uh, and broke their hip, uh, and so on. And so this is a list of all complications, and we use that uh, all complications list uh, in our report. The good thing is that this list, uh, some work has been done to classify these complications into a number of broad uh, categories, uh, the so-called classification of hospital-acquired diagnoses. It's called that because the diagnoses are hospital-acquired. Mm -hmm. And we use that uh, to analyse variations in the, uh, the types of complications that are occurring. So, is one of those data sets better than the other in terms of which ones should be used? Well, they're, they're different. Um, so the, the list of sentinel events, as I said, there's less than 100 of those a year. If you're a small hospital, you're never going to see these. Um, and they're very rare and they shouldn't occur. The hospital-acquired complications is really unsuitable for small hospitals uh, because it's, again, relatively infrequent, only 5% of, of all multi-day stays. And basically, it's quite an unstable list. You have to accumulate data over quite a long period of time to um, uh, make meaningful comparisons. Uh, but on the other hand, it's been endorsed by governments as being preventable. And so you begin to say, well, we can, if, if it is supposedly preventable, we should use it in, in hospital payment and not pay for these so-called preventable events. Uh, which is sort of what's going to happen uh, later this year. The third uh, cluster of the, the, the all complications measure and the classification of hospital-acquired diagnoses, CHADEX, uh, was really developed for hospitals' use themselves so that they can analyse all of the complications and work out what's the most important thing for themselves. So, it's a, so the first two are more top-down sort of approaches. The last one is a more bottom-up approach, but it's a more comprehensive approach. Mm. Okay, so that's the three key measures of unsafe care. Um, what would make Australia's policy goals more ambitious? So at the moment, the focus in policy is on the first two, on the central events, very rare, 
and on the so-called uh, hospital-acquired complications or the hacks, as they're as they're sometimes called, again relatively infrequent. Um, and so the focus is on trying to reduce those. But if if only five percent of all multi-day uh, admissions or only 2% of all admissions have a hospital-acquired complications that are, is on that list, you're not going to get much improvement if you just focus on those. Mm. On the other hand, if you focus on all complications, there's many more of them. So there's, as I said earlier, about 11% of all admissions have a, have, a, have a complication or about 25, 27% of all overnight stays have a complication. So if you're focusing on a bigger target, you've got a better chance of, of, of measuring it if you're trying to improve it and a better chance of actually improving it because there's more of them. And also, hospitals are going to have different sorts of complications. And if you're a hospital which has none of the government-endorsed hospital-acquired complications, you might say, yeah, we're perfect, we don't have to worry. But on the other hand, you might have a lot of other complications. And so what we're saying, if you focus on all complications, it means all hospitals have some somewhere to improve. Sure. So what are the next steps from here then, Stephen? What can be done to improve the way we're using hospital data? Well, in the first instance, we have to say, look, we're, we're really interested in all complications. We've, we've actually got to actually be serious about everybody's experience, all of those complications, not just some which, you know, somebody has, has developed a list about. The second thing we've got to do is being upfront and honest. So we've got to let the public into this now. We've got to, this is not a secret squirrel business any longer. We should be saying the public needs to know, the public has a right to know about the complications that are occurring. Not only generally occurring, but the hospital, the complication rate of each public and private hospital. So we should publish what is what are the, the complication rates at each public and private hospital? We should the state government should do that. The state government should also publish that in some detail. They should say this is the percentage of patients at this hospital with nausea and vomiting. This is the percentage of patients in this hospital that had some sort of complication of a procedure. This is the uh, proportion of patients at this hospital that had, um, uh, for example, fluid imbalance or something like that. And so we should be quite detailed so patients can see what is likely to happen to them if they go into that hospital and compare it uh, with other hospitals. Now, if we're going to publish that information, we have to make sure that the hospitals have that information too, and the hospitals need much more detailed information than we need to put into the public domain. So they need to know where to look to fix the problems. So we have to put much more information in the hands of the hospitals so that management and the clinicians can actually work to reduce the number of complications. So we're not on about shaming and blaming, we're on about trying to improve the quality of care. And finally, uh, hospitals themselves have to set targets to improve their performance and also we've got to engage other people like the health insurance funds to publish information and to give information to the, to the private hospitals uh, so they can improve their game as well. You mentioned we need to be giving hospitals more data than the public. Do we have the data currently that they would need or do we need to do more to gather more data? So we've got a lot of data. And we've got sufficient data that we use this very same data set to pay hospitals. The states use it for, to set hospital payment policy. The Commonwealth uses it uh, to give money to the states and so on. So we've got a lot of data and it's quite good data. But 
we need to actually put that data in the hands of hospitals so that they can say, well, in our orthopaedic department, uh, when we look at patients aged 75 to 85, these are the sorts of complications we see. What do we need to do to change our practice, to change anaesthetics, to change rehabilitation? What do we need to do to reduce the likelihood of complications in this group of patients in this hospital compared to the same patients in another hospital that seems to be doing better? So Stephen, just to bring it all together, what are the key takeaways and recommendations that are worthy of note in this report? The first thing is that there's many more complications than people think. You know, one in uh, every nine patients who go to hospital have something go wrong, one in four if you have an overnight stay. But we can actually do something about this. We have hospitals which are actually good performers. And so we need to let the public know what the complication rates are. So the state governments need to publish the complication rates for both public and private hospitals. We need to make sure the hospitals have the information themselves because they may not know where they stand. So we need to put information in the hands of the clinicians and the managers so that they can actually analyze it and improve. We also need to set ambitious targets. We, the state needs to say, this is where we are today, but this is where we want to be tomorrow. And we need to set targets about reducing the rate of all of the complications. And, you know, so going back to the, the starting point, if, if we can get the complication rate in all of our hospitals where the best 10% of hospitals are now, so it's actually an achievable target, then we'd reduce the complication rates by, by more than a quarter. So what we're talking about is more than a quarter of a million people leaving hospital every year complication-free. So this is a lot of people, a big improvement. Now, I don't want to say this is going to be easy, it's going to be about changing practices in hospitals. It's going to be about learning from other hospitals. It's not going to be simple, but it's really, really important. Many thanks for your time today, Stephen. It does seem like we need to rethink the way we gather and report our hospital safety data. Hopefully the research and um, recommendations in this report will encourage policymakers to act now to implement change. If you'd like to download a copy of this report or our previous report into this topic, um, Strengthening Safety Statistics, you can head to our website, grattan.edu.au. And as always, you can stay up to date with all of Grattan's news reports and events by subscribing to our Twitter at Grattan Inst or on Facebook, Grattan Institute. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, then help your friends to find it by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating or review. Thanks for listening. Grattan Institute is uniquely positioned to bring an independent, rigorous and practical lens to big issues in public policy, with the capacity to talk honestly to both sides of politics. We maintain this unique position through the generosity of the public and our affiliate companies. If you would like to find out more about contributing to our continued independence, head to our website to donate grattan.edu.au. This has been a Grattan Institute podcast. If you want to hear more, subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes.